The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Do you believe that Jesus is the answer? Say amen. I had a lot of things that, uh, it's been a crazy week as we've experienced the, the turbulence and the turmoil in our world has just been crazy. And, and I had a lot of things that I have on my notes here that I was going to say about it, but I, you know, I, just, I think it suffices just to say that Jesus is the answer. Amen? Uh, he's the answer to self-control. Jesus is the answer to love and to peace and a love for fellow humankind. Jesus is the answer for those things. If we look anywhere else besides Jesus, we're, we're wasting our time. Jesus is the answer to the turbulence in the culture and political upheaval. Jesus is the answer to those things. And, and we, must see, we must see that. We must see Him as the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? I, I do want to say one thing. I do have... On my notes here that I do want to say uh, is something that I'm just so very thankful for is, uh, is you all and uh, use of social media in turbulent times as we have experienced this past week uh, can get crazy in our world and, and even among Christians can be crazy. But I just want to thank you, New Covenant Community Church, for collectively making a wise use of social media. I think all of us are probably pretty well convinced at this point in time that people's opinions are usually not changed in the, uh, in the comments section. And, and I think New Covenant Community Church understands that. And I appreciate that as your pastor. I appreciate that so very much. To let everything that we say to be seasoned with salt, especially with what we say on social media platforms as we're commenting on very politically and racially charged things that people are posting lately. And uh, so if there's something in your heart that you're thinking, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have said that, just let your words be seasoned with salt. But as your pastor, I just want to say how thankful I am for you and your wise use of that. Amen? Let's, uh, let's go to Bibles. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. You know, I'm really not sure why the rest of you showed up because today, as Isabella being the graduate that we are celebrating today and the graduates that may be joining us online podcast live stream all the rest uh i'm going to be preaching to you guys today so isabel if i'm if i'm looking this way it's because i'm looking straight at you friend all right so uh no I'm, I'm excited about today i'm excited to preach i love to preach god's word and i read some something that was interesting and funny this week uh, it was a list of inscriptions on tombstones and these are actual tombstones with these actual inscriptions at different tombstones at different places throughout our country and some of them are just quite funny so feel free to laugh if you want the first one uh, one of them says uh, here lies John yeast pardon me for not rising <laughs> another one says and, th- and this is all it says like of what I'm reading to you these inscriptions this is all it says on these tombstones here's another one that's all folks <laughs> Another one, I will not be right back after this message. Another one, starts off a little more formal. Susan Melody Blanchard, destined to be a woman with too many cats. 
another one on a small rectangular headstone. It said, uh, I was hoping for a pyramid. (laughs) Another one says, raised four beautiful daughters with one bathroom and still there was love. (laughs) These next three are my personal favorites. Uh, This one was uh, the the tombstone of an avid golfer and it said, at last, a hole in one. (laughs) This next one was the shortest of all of them and it simply said the word, Dead. (laughs) And my personal favorite, the very last one, it said, I told you I was sick. (laughs) It's just terrible, isn't it? Oh my goodness, I should not be laughing at that. It's terrible. But somebody, whoever that was, got a kick out of that. My goodness. Uh, You know, if uh, I believe today with all my heart that if you have ears to hear today's message and not the words of Ben Sweeterman, but what God's Word has to say, I am convinced and I'm fully convinced that it will change. Certainly, it will change what's on your tombstone, whether you or someone else are are the deciding factor of what actually goes on that tombstone. And it will certainly change what people say about you at your funeral. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced of the power of God's Word to be able to do that kind of thing. So if you're in Numbers chapter 13, let's see what God's Word has for us today. Numbers chapter 13, look to verse 1, and it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving. Everyone say the word giving. Which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. Now, if you would please look down to verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are any forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. And the Bible goes on to tell, it's kind of amazing, the the Bible says that these men, these leaders of each tribe of Israel, they go out to spy out the land and they bring back some fruit. They bring back a cluster of grapes. Now all of us that are adults have been grocery shopping before and we know the size of a cluster of grapes. Maybe the size of your fist, maybe a little bit bigger, right? The cluster of grapes that they found was so large was so massive, huge cluster of grapes. They sent a pole through one of the vines and a man on each side of it carried it in between themselves on a pole. That's how heavy this single cluster of grapes was. Incredible. Now if you would look down to verse 25. And it says, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. Truly, it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And in case you're wondering, and we'll read in just a moment, the descendants of Anak were giants. They were similar. You could liken them to Goliath. They were a giant people. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell there in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, 
for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that, it, that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So Caleb has this great report of, let's go and take this land. He saw all the same things that they did. He saw the walls, the fortified cities. He saw the giants. He saw all the same things that the other leaders of the tribes of Israel saw. And the other leaders, they give a bad report. They say there's giants there. We cannot overtake them. We cannot take this land that God is giving us. We, we cannot do it. The cities are too fortified. It's too difficult. Uh, and the people, the Israelites, they were so quick to believe the negative report. The Bible says that they wanted to go back to Egypt. Look what it says. Look, turn now to Numbers 14, chapter 14, and verse 6. It says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, were among those who had, who had spied out the land. They tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we, put, we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And listen to this, church. It says, And all the congregation said to stone them with stones, Joshua and Caleb. They wanted to stone. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So they're wanting to stone Caleb and Joshua for having this bold remark of, God's already promised this, this, us this land. Let's go and take this land. The children of Israel wanted to stone them because of that. The glory of the Lord descends to somehow save them from being stoned by the people. Now look down to verse 21 of chapter 14, and we see God's response to the people. God says, But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because of all these men who have seen my glory in the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have put me to the test now these ten times, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has, a, and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went." and his descendants shall inherit it. So, the story starts with God telling Moses to send leaders of each one of the tribes to go spy out this land. All of these tribes, uh, they, were, they were differing in size, but they were all a nomadic people. They were a nomadic nation traveling through the wilderness and, and doing what it was that God had called them to do and going where it was that God had called them to go. And, and we know that Caleb, kind of interesting, he was one of the leaders of the tribe of, of Judah, which is interesting because we know that later David came from that tribe and thus the lineage of Jesus as well. But at this point in time, they were all starting equal. They were all being sent out, 12 leaders of these tribes, out into this land to go partake of it and to go see what it was like. And when I read that, I thought, boy, that sure, sure, sure sounds a lot like 
graduates today going out into the world, either into the workforce or into school. There, there are nomadic people going out together all at the same time. Now, look back to Numbers chapter 13 and we find verse 1 again. And here's where we really see what it is that the Lord would have for us today. And it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. The first thing that Caleb noticed before this journey even began, before he even grabbed his, his knapsack and his staff and he goes poking his way around the, the land of Canaan to see what it was that it was like, and before he even got going, he took note that, that God was giving them. It wasn't that God would give the land to them later or had already given it to them and taken it away. God was in the process of He was giving it to the children of Israel. He knew that it was time for them to take up what it was that God had promised them. God had promised them this land. That's why we call it the promised land. And, and Caleb goes through spying it, seeing not what was belonging to other people, but what was belonging to him and his people. So what I would like to say to Isabella and, and all the graduates and any of you that are joining us online, to anybody that's graduating, is that it is your time. This is your time to take up what God has promised you and you say, well, Pastor Ben, what it is? What is it that his, that God has promised us? Well, here's some things that we can say for sure about college experience or going into the workforce. Should you not be going to college? Here's what we know is, is for certain: is uh, that you will be overwhelmed and stretched like never before. You excited about that, Isabella? <laughs> All right, she's giving me the thumbs up. All right. We know that that will be true. That will be true of the college experience and moving out from underneath the household of your family is that you will be overwhelmed and stretched like you never, ever have been before. But Isaiah 26, verse 3, the Bible says you will. Everyone shout the word will. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So, so Isabel, for your sake, let's, let's go ahead and pray rephrase that or not we're not changing scripture but let's paraphrase this and read it as it is as the living word of God we could say for you graduates for Isabella for example we could say the Lord will keep Isabella in perfect peace because her mind is stayed on Jesus because she trusts in the Lord this is your time this is your time to take up what it is that God has promised you let's do another one of these fun little exercises another thing that we could say of college and I'm certainly glad that you're going to a faith-based type of school that's a wonderful wonderful thing you have wonderful opportunities to connect with other Christians and other believers and other Christian groups that's going to be wonderful opportunities that you have coming your way but what we can say of college that will be true or the general world for anybody else that's graduating high school and going straight into the workforce is that they will have temptations and be tempted like they never have been before with alcohol and a promiscuous lifestyle and drugs and yes those things even in a christian-based school we remember the verse where jesus says that wide is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go on by it but narrow is the gate that leads to life and there are only a few on that path so we apply that scripture knowing that even in this large christian school there are all these young people all these people that have chosen to go to a quote-unquote christian school we know that there will still be many many temptations in that school in that environment be it school be it work wherever it is that you are going but james chapter 4 verse 7 it says therefore submit to god resist the devil and he will flee from you that's good news say amen. amen 
Now, I love this. I love how powerful God is that He even makes promises about what the devil do. God says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if we were to paraphrase that for ourselves, we would say for Isabella, for example, if Isabella submits to God and resists the devil, the devil will flee from Isabella. Now that's good news. Say amen, church. That is a good promise of God. It is time for you to take up what it is that God has promised you. Now this certainly, I hope you've caught on already, this does not just apply to graduates, but all of us. It is time for us to take up what it is that God has promised us. And I'm starting to feel the preaching coming on now, so I hope you hang with me and preach this along with me. Now what happens next, look to Numbers chapter 13, we should already be there, look to verse 27. What happens next is very interesting. Verse 27, it says, we went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Here's this massive cluster of grapes that two men it's so heavy two men have to carry it here here it is Moses and Aaron here it is nevertheless the people of there dwell in the land they are strong and the cities are fortified and very large moreover we saw the descendants of Anak there the Amalekites dwell by the land of the south the Hittites the Jebusites the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan then Caleb he quieted the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and take possession. I love these next words. For we are well able, for we are well able to overcome it. With a lack of seeing God's promises, these other leaders of, of the tribes of Israel, they go into this land and, and they somehow miss the part that Caleb got. Uh, they miss the part where God says, I'm giving you this land. The land that you're going in to spy out, you're getting a sneak peek of what's already yours. And they go about this land and they see all these things that in this lack of seeing and recognizing God's promise to them, they, all they see is challenges and fear. All they see are the giants and the fortified cities. And, and Caleb still saw those things. He still saw the giants. He still saw those huge walls that they didn't think they would be able to overcome. He still saw all those things, but he knew that it was time. He knew that it was time because of God's promises in light of those things that it was time for them to overcome those things. God had chosen the time for them to overcome the adversity that they would be facing. He knew that there would be challenges. Caleb saw those giants. He knew that there was external challenges out there. And for all of you graduates, there will be challenges out there. If you're going straight into the workforce, certainly you'll face some challenges in this weakened economy because of the coronavirus. No doubt about that. No arguing that. There will be some challenges that you will face. For those of you going on for school, there's going to be challenges in academics. Not all your classes will be easy. Except for Isabella, who's a 4.0 student, but you know. There will be challenges coming, and, 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 but Caleb knew that it was because of God's promises that it was time to overcome those things. Not in their own strength, but because of what God said. So what I would like to say to all the graduates today is, this is your time to overcome adversity. This is your time to overcome adversity. Caleb did not just see those challenges outside, the fortified cities and the giants, but he also had some challenges inside. Look to Numbers chapter 14. And we've already read it, but let's see it again. Verse 6. Numbers chapter 14, verse 6. And this is after all of the children of Israel are crying out, wanting to go back to Egypt. Wanting to go back to slavery in Egypt rather than go against these people. Rather than receiving what it was that God had intended to give them. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephna were among those who had spied out the land. They tore their clothes. They tore their clothes in anguish when they heard that the people wanted to go back into bondage. 
Verse 7, And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through and spied out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread, and their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And listen to this church, and we already read it again. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Can you believe that? The children of Israel, all these people, a nation of approximately, some would say about two, maybe even three million people, as they're speaking out among the crowds, telling them of this good land that God is, is wanting to give them. And, and they're picking up rocks to stone Joshua and Caleb with this wonderful good news. And, and, and we see this so clearly, and, and secular psychologists, you can talk to anybody who works in counseling, and they'll tell you that there's this very, very powerful reality that our brains love familiarity. Our brains are drawn to what is familiar. So much so, that's why people will stay in jobs they hate for years. That's why people will stay in toxic, horrible, abusive relationships for decades. Because it's what's familiar. And that feels safe to us, even if it's not safe. And, and, and we see this all around. Not just the challenges that the graduates will face externally with the COVID-19 weakened economy and the challenges with academics and all of those things but but you'll face some challenges internally too one thing that i can tell all the graduates for cert for certain is that when it comes time for finals week everyone around you is going to be stressed because that's the normal thing to do just to panic during finals week and and pull all-nighters trying to study and and all of these things and and if you try to do something different if you try to break the mold of doing something different in your school and and living an obedient lifestyle and serving Jesus in your career as a college student or getting your career going in the workforce, when, when you try to do something different than what is the normal, regular, safe, familiarity kind of mode, you, hopefully people don't try to stone you to death, but, but they may be thinking that. Pe people will it, it just, they'll naturally just try to pull you back into what it is that's, that's the cookie-cutter mold that everyone else is living by. And what I'm saying to you today is, is, is don't, don't do that. Don't, don't let people who's, it's almost like people have the spirit, their spirit animals, Eeyore. Remember Eeyore from Pooh Bear? This is fun. I mean, that's like, that's just like the way people get with their minds. And, and, and what I could foresee, and I'm imagining that in the veterinarian world, Isabella, it's probably much like every other industry in that there are certain things that are just done a certain way. And nobody knows why it's done that way. It's just that's what everybody's always done. And, and I could foresee with you, very gifted, very bright brain that you have and very just innovative with your ideas, I could foresee very well possibly that you'll see something in the veterinarian world or any of you other graduates, you see something in your workplace that's been done for a certain way and you'll think, well, what if we just did this and changed this? And then all of a sudden everything's going wonderfully and your company's making more money than ever. And, and, but, and you'll have, even, even in spite of those wonderful things that have come about, there will be people that will say, well, we've never made this kind of money before. We, we, we don't know how to handle We've never done it this way before. So just remember that those challenges, both externally and internally, can come and, and, and pray that you never become that. Pray that you never become so, so where you allow your brain just to seek after comfort and, and all of these things so much so that you want to go back to Egypt and become a, bond, a slave in bondage again. Such a powerful thing. This is your time to overcome adversity. 
This is time in view of God's promises, in view of what He has called the Christian to do. It's time to overcome the things that are both external and internal. It's time to overcome those things. How many of you, church, so just by raise of hands, how many of you, because of what you know God has promised you, it has, it has made you well able to overcome a challenge in life because of what God has promised you? Yeah, that's in light of God's promises, we're able to overcome the adversity that comes our way. Now, Let's listen to God's response to the children of Israel after they try to after they want to stone Joshua and Caleb. Look at Numbers chapter 14. We look to verse 24. And he says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. And, and, and here's what, a, what an awesome thing that God says Caleb had a different spirit inside of him, different than all the other leaders of the children of Israel. He had a different spirit inside of him. And, and we almost get this sense that Caleb was going around, and I don't think that Caleb was going around. He, you know, Moses commissions, commissions, commissions all these people to go out and, and spy out the land of Canaan. I don't think he was running through thinking, I've got to be different, I've got to be different. Whatever all the other leaders say, I'm going to come back to the children of Israel and I'm just going to say something different just to be different. And I don't think Caleb was doing that. What I really think Caleb was doing, and this amazing thing that God said he had a different spirit in him, what I really think that means is all that he was doing is he was just trusting the Lord. He was just trusting the Lord like a child trusteth a parent. He was just trusting God. So for you graduates, will you just, will you just trust God? Will you have a different spirit in you? Will you, will, you just, will you just trust and believe God when God says, here's what I'm giving to you. Here's what I'm extending my arms and opening my hands to give to you. And then you just believe, I'll take it here. I mean, you get this sense that Caleb is going around and when everybody else is spying out these giants, all the other Leaders of Israel, they're thinking, oh, there's, look, oh my God, look at those giants. There's no way we can defeat. Look at this whole city of giants. There's no way. And you almost get the sense that Caleb goes, that's going to make some noise and those bad boys fall down. I mean, that's, that's the sense that you get that Caleb was like. You, it's almost like Caleb, when he saw those huge, that huge cluster of grapes, the other leaders of Israel thought to themselves, well, look, at, we're, we're, we're going to steal some clusters of this cluster of grapes from, from the land of the Canaanites. And I think maybe just perhaps Caleb, because in light of God's promise, he says, I'm going to take some of my grapes. I'm going to take some of my grapes off of my land, and I'm going to go show it to Moses and Aaron. It's almost like the other leaders of Israel, they saw those huge fortified walls. And the other leaders were thinking, they saw, how, there's no way that our armies can, can scale those walls. How, there's, no way, there's no way that we can take this land that God has given us. There's no way that we can do that. And, and it's almost as if Caleb is thinking to himself, oh, I'm going to put my home right about there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick my feet up on the parapet of my roof right up. It's going to be so nice when I, when I move my family into my new house. I mean, that was, the, that was the mindset of Caleb because in light of God's promises, not because he was making himself different. He was just trusting God. So what I would say to all of you graduates is this is your time to have a different spirit within you. This is your time to resist temptation and watch the devil run. This is your time to press into Jesus like you never have before. To, be, to, to find brothers and sisters in the faith in your school or in your workplace and to link arms. It's, t- it's time to be a part of the church like you never have before. This is time for you to have a different spirit within you. It's time for you to take up what God has promised you. It's time to overcome adversity in light of what God has promised.
And it's time to have a different spirit within you. Uh, you know, if, uh, when someone goes skydiving, they put on the life-saving device called a parachute. We all know this, right? We've all seen this. Uh, some of us have been skydiving before. And, uh, and you put on this, the parachute, and the pilot will take you up to the altitude you need to be, and not just the altitude, but... You know, if the plane, they, they bring down the engine and they're idling, but a plane still is moving at like 80 miles an hour, idling, just still pretty fast. So they're flying over the airport or wherever it is that you need to land, and, and they've got a proper spot, a proper place, because when you jump out of that plane, you're going to move for a little bit, and then you land in the proper spot. And, and there comes a proper time when it's time to jump out of the plane. And then you jump out of the plane, and, and the ground comes up at you very quickly. Uh, between 100 and 115 miles an hour is how fast you'll free fall and the ground is coming up at you and you deploy the life-saving parachute. Now, if you are falling without a parachute, I mean, almost all of us are going to go splat when we hit the ground, right? But, but when you know what the parachute does and you've experienced that before and you're floating after the chute has been deployed, the life-saving device has been deployed, boy, is it quiet. Like, I you think that there'd be tons of wind and it'd be crazy and hectic, and it kind of is when you're free-falling, but boy, after, you, after you deploy the chute, it's quiet and it's peaceful and you see for miles and you see the rays of sunlight underneath your feet. It's just a wonderful, incredible experience. So here's the question that I have for you this morning, church, and Brian, if you would come now. Have you taken up what God has promised you? Have you put on the life-saving device of Jesus Christ? Have you put on the spiritual parachute that, that saves you from your sin? Romans 10.13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's good news, say amen. That's good news. Have you overcome adversity? Have you overcome the reality that the ground is coming up at you? Have you overcome the reality that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? Has that problem been fixed in your life? Has, that, has the sin debt that you've acquired of yourself, has that been atoned for? My dear friends, have you overcome adversity? 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Not our works. Not living righteously. Not doing all the things that you think that can somehow bring you closer to God, but having faith in Jesus. Amen? Faith and trust. How foolish would it be if you were watching a video of people skydiving and if somebody jumps out of the plane, they start flapping their arms. <laughs> That's great. That'll help a whole lot, right? You trust in the parachute. You let your weight fall completely in the harness. And we trust Jesus in the same way. Do you have a different spirit within you? You know, I've never, thankfully, I've never seen someone jump out of a plane without a parachute on. But I have seen people jump out of a plane with a parachute on and the smiles on their face when they know that device that will save them. They, they can fall and see the ground coming up at them with no fear. Have you gone through this week with no fear, church? Have you seen the riots going on? I mean, my God, just the horrible, thi horrible things, the, the gut-wrenching things that are going on in our world right now. Have you seen those things, and have you gone through those things with a different spirit about you? I know there have been times when I've flapped my arms, and I don't want to do that anymore. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27. It says, I will give you a new heart, God says, and put a new spirit within you. 
I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. That's a good verse. Let's stand together, would you? Let's pray. Father, how good it is to trust you. Jesus, thank you for paving the way for us. God, be with all of those in this church and our community as they go into the workforce and are going to school. And God, it's time for us to have a different spirit inside of us. It's time for us to traverse these, these muddy, murky, sinful waters of this cursed world and go through it with a different spirit. God, would you, would you, would you draw us to act upon what you've promised us? Would you make us a people of your promise? Not, not limping. God, I don't want to be redeemed and limping. I want to be redeemed with a smile on my face. In the midst of mess, in the midst of trouble, I want to be redeemed with fully trusting you and, and being the recipient, the glad recipient like Caleb was of your wonderful promises and trusting that we are well able. We are well able because of you, Jesus. We are well able to overcome the adversity that's before us, both without and within. We trust you, Jesus. In his mighty name and all the church says together, Amen. Let's worship Him together.